Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. If you have your Bibles with you, would you kindly turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Father, we thank You for Your Holy Word. We study it, dear Father God, together, knowing that Your Spirit enlightens us, quickens us according to Your Word, and enables us, dear Father God, to receive revelation knowledge of these things that pertain to life and godliness. I thank You for utterance. To preach your word with boldness, believing that your word will not return void, it will accomplish that which you purpose and please. It will prosper in the lives where to you sent it. We will give you all glory, honor, and praise for all, dear Father God, that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice that the text says, He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. It does not say that diligently seek things. But it does say he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. When I went to school at Raymond Bible Training Center, way back in 1978 and 79, I went there because it was my heart's desire to know more uh, about my Heavenly Father. It was my desire to know him more intimately, to become more personally acquainted with him. It was not my heart's desire to seek things or seek after things, just to know Him better. I can't speak for, your, for, for you and for your experience. I can't speak about what took place in your life when you got saved. But when I got saved, I had this desire on the inside of me to know Him. As a matter of fact, I had what I call a spiritual type of jealousy. I was jealous of those that knew God better than I did. When I saw someone around me who knew God, who knew the Word of God, and seemed to have a close relationship with Him, it moved me to jealousy and envy. I wanted that. That was my heart's desire. It motivated me to get into the Word of God. It motivated me to get upon my knees. It moved me to seek Him diligently with all of my heart. But when I got in that atmosphere there at school, I had noticed that there were those around me who were more concerned about things than they were about Him. See, sometimes if you're not careful to observe you'll not know why certain individuals are not being blessed or receiving things from God like they should. And then they try to get you to analyze their situation and figure out why they're not being blessed. But ultimately, we don't know what's on the inside of someone's heart. You can tell them the right scriptures. You can give them the right faith principles and formulas and all that. But yet, they don't seem to be working in someone's life. And you kind of wonder why. Well, beloved, I believe here is a good place to start looking if things are not happening in our lives. God would have us to seek Him above things. God would have us to seek the blesser rather than the blessing. Instead of seeking healing, we are to seek the healer. Instead of seeking finances, we are supposed to be seeking our financier, Jehovah Jireh, who is the Lord, our provider. Instead of seeking deliverance for ourselves, we are supposed to be seeking the deliverer. Amen. See, that was just something that was on the inside of me. My biggest concern was knowing God better. I wanted to know Him intimately. I wanted to be acquainted with Him. I want to be able to talk to Him on a daily basis and know that He hears me when I speak. I wanted to know His love in an intimate way personal way. 
And beloved, when I was there at school and had that experience where I was caught up in the Spirit, and God's love was so overwhelming to me, I'll tell you what, it was one of the most precious spiritual experiences I ever encountered in my life. I sat there in that class. I was lifted up to a higher plane of spiritual awareness. And the verse that says, The Father Himself loveth you, John 16, 27, just kept ringing in my spirit. I heard those words. The Father Himself loves you. 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 And I was conscious of the fact that right there, right where I was, I mean, all around me, I had all these people that you think they're so spiritual. All these teachers you think they're so wonderful. They can teach all these particular subjects from the Bible and all that. You know, they're all around you. And sometimes you feel about this big as a Christian because they know so much. You know, you're there in in school, you're listening to teachers teach these classes, you know, four hours a day. You're getting filled every single day of the week with all the Word, and you're kind of wondering, how in the world can you ever, you know, learn all of what they're teaching you and all that? I still have my notes. They're about this thick, books, this thick. And I still go back and I study my notes back at school. But you couldn't do it right then because it was just too much. But at the time, you're thinking you're so overwhelmed with all this wisdom that these people have. Beloved... What settled me in spirit was on that day when the Father spoke to my heart and says, Just the way you are right now. Just the way you are. Right where you're at. Do you love your child more when they get this big as opposed to when they're this big? No, you love them the same, don't you? Right where I was at. With what lack of knowledge I had or what what little I knew about him, he still loved me. And he made that very clear to me. And I'll tell you what, it affected my life in such a tremendous way. And it blessed me so much, I can't express it, to, express it to you in words. You see, my heart's desire was to know Him. And to know how much He loved me. And He made that real to me. You know, I believe with all of my heart that if, if we would diligently just seek Him, to know Him, and to know His love for you, it will absolutely revolutionize your spiritual experience. Things will begin to happen. Change will come to your life. God will make some adjustments on the inside of your spirit. You're going to get to a place that because you're seeking Him, you'll not even want. Look at Psalm 34 and I'll show you that in the Scriptures. In the 34th Psalm. Many were seeking things. They were seeking healing. They were seeking a way out of work. They didn't want to work. They wanted God just to bless them with finances without them having to work. They wanted to get by as, you know, just as quickly as they possibly could. Now, I'm not saying everybody was that way, but for the most part, so many of them. You see, beloved, when I went to school, there was a lot of spiritual immaturity. Many came from backgrounds where they didn't even know anything about faith and God's love. And as a result, they thought that if I could just get down there and get close enough to Kenneth Hagin and and his faith, then maybe, you know, I'll be able to get all these things in life. I'll be blessed beyond measure. There was the talk about how we can believe God for a Cadillac. How we can believe God for, you know, all this money and all these different things. And, you know, I've never focused on that. And it's still amazing. Some people say to me, well, how is it that, you know, God was able to bless you, you and the church so, you know, financially, as far as that goes, the church being so financially blessed. And I says, well, if you go back and look, you go back and you can read. Matter of fact, you go back into the tape room, you can look at all the tapes that are there and all the sermons that are preached. And you'll find very few as far as finances is concerned. You know why? Because if you're taught to love God... And if you really do love Him, you'll support His work. You'll find the foundational principles, the fundamental principles of tithing and, and, you know, you'll be taught how to to do it, but you won't hear somebody begging you for money. You'll never hear that. What you'll hear is, God loves you. And if you really love Him, you'll support His work. And if you're going to tithe, you're going to do it to the Lord because it belongs to Him and you wouldn't rob God. That's all you need to know. 
And if you really love him and if you'll seek his face, you'll know that you should support his work. And as a result, you know what? You'll be blessed. I want you to see that in Scripture. Psalm 3410. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord. But they that seek. Notice this. The Lord. Not things. Not finances. Not how to get out of doing work. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Sounds like seek ye the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all those things will be added to you. Doesn't it? See, sometimes it's easy to become distracted. Maybe when you first come to the faith message, you know, it's just so wonderful. And all we hear is one aspect of it. And it's very easy for many to be distracted and start focusing in on the blessing rather than the blesser. On the gift rather than the gift giver or the giver of the gifts. And that does happen. But as we grow and mature in the things of God, we should begin to see very clearly that God wants us to be consumed with seeking Him. He wants us to get to a place where being with Him, fellowshipping with Him, and knowing Him is the most important thing as far as our lives are concerned. And when we maintain that perspective and attitude, beloved, and when we focus in on that, He guarantees us, you're not even going to want When you seek the healer, he'll reward you with healing. When you seek the financier, Jehovah Jireh, he'll reward you with financial blessing. When we seek the deliverer, then we'll be rewarded with deliverance. Why? Because he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. When we seek the provider, we'll be blessed with provision. Can you see that? And that's the focus He wants us to maintain. That's the perspective that He wants us to have in our lives. So there is no want to them that fear Him. So if we fear the Lord and seek Him, then we'll not want any good thing. How many of you recall David said in the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you know why he did not want? Because he sought the shepherd. He didn't seek the blessings of the shepherd. He sought the shepherd. The Bible said that David had a a heart after God. He was a man after God's own heart. From within, in other words, the most important thing for him was to know the Lord. You can go back and study his life. And you'll see as a young person, David longed to know God. He longed to see him in glory and power. He wanted to know him. He wanted to fellowship with him. He wanted to commune with Him. He wanted to live for Him. He wanted to serve Him with His life. And He wanted God to know that above anything and everything else, He loved Him. Every one of us would be blessed. And we would benefit from studying the life of David as a young person. And how he had a heart toward God. And you know what? It would do us good to say, Father... May that same heart be reflected in me. You know, may it be reflected in me. May I ever be mindful of the fact that my heart's love and devotion is to be set on you above everything else. So if you'll seek Him, beloved, you'll not want. Because God rewards those who diligently seek Him. So David found the Lord as his shepherd. And as he did, he had no want. As a matter of fact, let's look at that. You're close by. Let's look at that. Psalm 23. The Lord. See, seek the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Ruah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And why will he not want? Because the Lord makes me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, he's the one that provides for my life. I sought him as my shepherd. And look. The result is, He leads me in the way I need to go. If I need to eat, just as any good shepherd does, He takes His sheep to pasture, doesn't He? He certainly does. So He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
So there's pastors, pastures of tender grass and waters of quietness. I am provided for. In other words, He'll feed us. He'll give us to drink in the natural. But you spiritualize that and it means He brings quietness to our soul. He brings us to, to a place of perfect peace and harmony. Because He is our shepherd. He'll lead us upon the right path as far as our lives are concerned. So that we encounter provision, perfect peace. It goes on to say, He restores my soul and leads us in paths of righteousness for His namesake. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll not fear. He's not saying that you won't be around fear. He's not saying that fear won't come nigh unto us. It will. It'll be around us. But he's saying that fear will not overcome us in life. Why? Because we seek the Lord. And in seeking the Lord, we've found out that He is our shepherd. See, if we're in turmoil and anxiety and we're overcome by stress and, and the perplexities of the day, then what happens? We must recognize that something is lacking when it comes to our pursuit of God. Because if we really want quietness, if we really want tranquility, if we really want perfect peace of heart and mind, we can only find that in the Lord. The world doesn't have it to give, does it not? It's a peace that the world does not give. It's a joy that the world does not give. Where do we find this peace? Where do we find this joy? So many are empty on the inside. And what they don't realize is they need to find the good shepherd. They need to seek the Lord, Jehovah Ruah, the Lord, their shepherd. And if they'll seek Him as the shepherd of their lives, He'll do this for them. He'll see to it that even though fear may be around them, and fear of evil which will surround them, they need not fear. He's their shepherd. He is with you. His rod, His staff will comfort you. That means His Holy Spirit and His Word. In that place where we are surrounded by evil, because we have His Word, and because we have His Spirit, and because we have reality with Him, and because we know Him, and we sought Him, and He is the Lord our Shepherd. See, we sought the Shepherd. And what does the Shepherd do? He provides for the sheep, does He not? Exactly. He provides these things. Comfort, peace, provision. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Who prepares the table? Who prepares the table? Do you ever go to someone else's house to eat? And they prepare the table for you? And you sit down to eat? Now listen. You may be sitting at a table where they've burned the buns. You may be sitting at a table where the steak is like shoe leather. You may not know what you're getting yourself into. Now, I know that we don't have any cooks like that here today. But I guarantee you, if you sit at the table that your shepherd prepares, you'll find nothing wrong. See, the whole idea is this, beloved. The Lord's our shepherd. He prepares the table for us right in the presence of our enemies. See, they don't want us to eat from the shepherd's table, do they? Our enemies want us to be eaten up with the turmoil of the day, with stress, with anxiety, with thoughts of sickness, with thoughts of defeat, with thoughts of despair. That's the table of the enemy. He wants to feed us a line that, oh, just follow me and everything will be well with your soul. But in actuality, that table is full of poison. If you worry, the problem might go away. That's a lie. If you lie, you'll get yourself out of a problem. No. God doesn't want us eating from that table. No. Just have confidence in your shepherd. You seek Him as the shepherd of your life and you eat from the table that He prepares for you, and I guarantee you, you'll be satisfied with plenty. I guarantee you, the enemy will be destroyed. 
I guarantee you, according to God's word, he'll anoint your head with oil. Your cup will run over. God's goodness and mercy will be manifested in your life all of your days. And you'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's all because you sought the Lord, not things. You sought your good shepherd. And you do not want. Can you see why David said that? I sought the Lord. And he heard me. He is my shepherd. I do not want. And so, beloved, rather than getting caught up in seeking things, seek the Lord. Look at Psalm 119. David did. He was a man after God's own heart. He sought the Lord. In Psalm 119, now we all want blessed, don't we? Don't we all want to experience the blessings of God? Certainly we do. Absolutely. But we're talking about the way to get those blessings without actually seeking the blessing, but seeking the blesser, the one who blesses. And if we don't keep balance when it comes to this, beloved, we'll find ourselves just pursuing the things that God gives. And see, God doesn't want that. I mean, if all your child was concerned about is the things that you give them and not concerned about loving you as a parent, wouldn't that trouble you? If your child only took you for granted and just wanted all the blessings that you could possibly bless them with, but had no regard for you as a father or as a mother, wouldn't that trouble you? Don't you think that if all God's children are concerned about is going to the Word to find out how to get something from God, wouldn't you think that would trouble Him? Certainly. He wants us to seek His face. He wants us to seek Him. And then the results of that will be in manifested blessings in our lives. Look at Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed or blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him... With the whole heart. You want to be blessed? Seek Him with your whole heart. Seek Him as shepherd like David did. And what will happen? You'll be just like David was. You'll not want. You'll find yourself in green pastures. You'll find yourself beside still waters. You'll find yourself with a restored or renewed mind and soul. You'll find yourself in perfect peace. You'll find yourself with a table prepared before you in the midst of all adversity, all of evil, in the midst of all your enemies. Why? Because you sought the Lord. That's why. As your shepherd. And so you're blessed if you seek Him with all of your heart. Look at the book of Proverbs in chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. In verse 17, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Those that seek me early shall find me. Again, that reminds me of David. David was a young person. And how it was that he had this heart toward God, sometimes we don't even know. If you can ha come up with a formula that will, or a potion, let's say, all you've got to do is sprinkle this thing over the top of somebody's head. And all of a sudden, they've got a heart toward God. Wouldn't you use it? I mean, how many of you would love to have that kind of a thing? How many of you have been frustrated, been frustrated at times with those around you because they're not seeking the Lord like they should? And of course, we'd like to have that kind of a potion. Just drop it on their head. They'll wake up in the morning and, huh. I'm a changed person. I've got this desire on the inside of me just to seek the face of God. I want to know Him better. I want to serve Him with my life. I want to live for God. You'd do a double take, wouldn't you? But I'm going to tell you something, beloved. That is the solution to the human problem. And if we're not careful as faith people, we can get caught up in just leading them to the formulas that lead to blessings rather than telling them about their Father and teaching them how to know Him. Because you see, beloved, if all they're going to do is use formulas to get blessings, they're going to lose out with God. You can take that person and you can teach them until you're blue in the face. If that heart is not toward God, those formulas are meaningless. 
Can you understand that? And that's what I'm talking about when I say at school I encountered so many attitudes that were like this. Man, we want that Cadillac. Come on, brother, show me how to do it. We heard that you, you got a healing for your daughter. Well, show us. Let's not talk about all that other stuff. Just tell us what to do. That's not the solution. If all you want is a formula that you think is going to give you a shortcut to healing, forget it. But if you have a heart of love toward God, and if you really want to know Him as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer, we can talk. Because then your heart will be in a place where you can receive from the Lord. First of all, His love for you. And then secondly, as you seek Him as Jehovah Rapha, Healing will be the result. He rewards those who diligently want, seek Him. Amen. And so, David as a young person sought the Lord. He spent quiet times out there, I believe, under the stars, just seeking the face of God. And as a result of putting God first in his life, even at an early age, I believe we can spiritualize that, not just early in the morning, but at an early age. You know what? I believe that God can use us no matter how old we are. But I also believe our youth of today have an advantage over all of us. God will take that pure spirit. God will take that pure heart. And there's not too much that's in that heart that's been improperly programmed. And if it's properly programmed as from a youth, can you imagine what will take place in that child's life? Being so pure and so wholesome before God and you just putting in the right things. That desire to know God. You as a parent, you show that child you should desire to know God. To know Him intimately. To know Him personally. To walk with Him. To talk with Him. Just like an Enoch. Wouldn't you have loved to see what Enoch did way back there when? He walked with God. Let's define that Enoch walked with God. Because I'll tell you what. He had... Quite a provision. God provided him a stairway into glory. His walk was on earth, and then it just gradually went up. Can you see that? You talk about getting caught up in knowing God. That was Enoch. David was the same way. Look at Jeremiah 29. You knew we had to get to that verse, didn't you? Jeremiah 29. I can honestly say I was never concerned about getting a Cadillac. I'm talking about I was around all that. I mean, you talk about an atmosphere. You know what? Everybody should take this one, one trip down there one time and just sit, sit around Raymond Bible Training Center and that campus around there. I'll tell you what. It's a wonderful experience. I mean, just, just in Tulsa, in that area, we've got all these major ministries and all that. It's like a spiritual haven. But if you're not careful, you can get caught up in the wrong way of thinking. And that's not because of what's being taught. That's because of the way people read into things or see things or misinterpret things. You know, everybody's looking for this get-rich-quick scheme. I mean, everybody wants that. But that's not what the Bible offers. I can honestly say that my heart's desire was for none of that. It's been just to know God more intimately in my life. And if a person will have that and they'll really seek Him with all their heart, they'll find Him. And they'll know Him. And when you know Him, then it manifests itself in blessing. Look at verse 11. Or let's start with verse, yeah, verse 11. Jeremiah 29. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I'll be found of you, saith the Lord. See, beloved, that's the key right there. There are many who are blessed in the financial world who do not know God at all. Is that not true? And so in my estimation, they are not blessed. No one's blessed who does not know God. As a matter of fact, I'll go one step further. They're under a curse. And in actuality, according to Jesus, because of their riches... It may prevent them from ever knowing God. No, one who is rich, who knows God. 
You're rich with the life of God. You're rich with the knowledge of God. You're rich with the peace of God. You're rich with the joy of God. There's no price you can pay for joy. There's no price you can pay for health. There's no price. Can you imagine that? You can pray for salvation. God's deliverance. It comes to us free. But all we've got to do is know the giver. Know the blesser. Know the financier and healer. Know the Savior. You search for Him with all of your heart. You seek His face with all of your heart. You will know Him. You will be found of Him. And that's what God is saying to our hearts this morning. Maybe it's time to just get back focused on knowing Him more intimately. You know, the enemy will bring distractions our way to keep us from pursuing the knowledge of God. Pursuing knowing Him more intimately. I find that true if you're an early Christian, you know, just a a newborn Christian. But I also find it true if you've been in the walk for many years. It's easy to become lazy spiritually. It's easy to be so distracted by all the problems that we encounter in life that we stop pursuing Him. And we just go with the flow. But God is saying, revive. God is saying, wake up. God is saying, get things back into perspective. God is saying, get focused once again. Focus on me. Focus your attention on who I am. And once again, you'll begin to see things happen in your life as a Christian. Now look at another verse in the book of Psalms, chapter 9. In Psalms, chapter 9, 9th Psalm. We'll be looking at verse 9. Very often we find ourselves in difficult places, in situations where we need the help of God. It may be that it is a physical healing. It may be that it is a financial thing. Whatever the case may be, maybe protection from those that are against us. In verse 9, we are told that the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. A refuge in times of trouble. Notice, the Lord will be. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that what? You notice who he does not forsake? Those that seek him. In other words, I will still continue to seek the Lord. It'll be a struggle. It'll be a battle. The enemy will unleash all kinds of attacks against us in life. He'll target our lives with all kinds of things that that will take us away from seeking God. But our attitude is to be like this. God, the Lord God, is my refuge. I will seek His face. I will seek to know Him better. I will seek His will for my life. And as a result, he says here, he will not forsake you. Others may forsake us. It may seem as though there is no help. But the Lord our God says, if you continue seeking me, I will not forsake you. He'll be your refuge if you're oppressed. He'll be your refuge in times of trouble. For he is the Lord. Amen. Look at Psalm 10, the 10th Psalm, and verse 4. A very important point with regard to seeking after God. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. I thought about that as I meditated that verse. Sometimes it makes you really wonder, even though we are Christians, even though we're born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, what holds us back sometimes from seeking God? Is it not personal pride in wanting to do things our own way in life? I mean, if you're honest with yourself, you think about it. You know, I would really prefer to do it this way because it just seems to be a whole lot easier to me. So why should I take the time and effort and energy to seek God in this? It seems to be a whole lot easier for us to go by our own wisdom or our own understanding. 
But God says that is the way of wickedness, doesn't He? See, beloved, we come to many crossroads in life, don't we all? And we want to have the direction that the Lord would provide. And that's why He is saying, look, I want to be intimately involved in all of your lives. He wants us to walk with Him. He wants us to have Him in our thoughts. He wants His thoughts to be, our thoughts to become agreeable to His will. So that our plans are established and we succeed in the realm of life. Well, beloved, in order to have that, we must actively be seeking after God. And we must continue to have Him in our thoughts. Now, the the wicked one, the foolish one, does not do that. He leaves God out of his thoughts. He doesn't focus in on what God might think about a situation or what God would have him to do. He just goes about doing it his own way. He does not have the knowledge of God, but not the child of God. As Christians, we are to pursue him and seek after him and have his thoughts within us. Look at the uh, book of Proverbs and I'll show you. The results of seeking God and not seeking God. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 20. Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She cries in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates, in the city she utters her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called, and you have refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But you have said it not all my counsel, and would not of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes, when your fear comes as desolation, and your destruction comes as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel, they despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way, and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and be quiet from fear of evil. What's he saying? Those that seek the Lord. Those that listen to what he has to say. Those who will obey his commandments, and keep his statutes and his judgments. They will be quiet from fear of evil. They'll not be overcome in times of adversity. But if one refuses to seek the Lord in his life, if one refuses to seek the face of God, to know Him intimately and also to have Him unfold His plan for his life, there will come a time when a person will face calamity. I'm going to tell you something, beloved. You do not want God's wisdom laughing at you, and neither would I want that, In times of calamity. Would we want that? No. See, the whole thought is this. Each of us must be programmed to know God. And if we waste the years of our life without pursuing or seeking to know God, there will come a time where we're going to get to a place, beloved, it'll be practically impossible to turn things around and get headed in the right direction. You know, there does come a time that if you don't seek the healer soon enough, you won't find him. So, wow, that's getting pretty tough, but that is true. If we don't seek him soon enough, there won't be time to find him before one dies. I'm talking about as healer. There are those who have attended healing school at Rainbow Bible Training Center, sat in the front row. Brother Hagin did the teaching himself, and he said, I stood there teaching knowing they didn't come soon enough. I knew in my heart. And the people actually admitted themselves saying, if we had known this earlier in our lives, we know that we could get to a place where we'd be delivered. But we know that it's too late for us. 
What were they saying? Not everybody gets an instantaneous miracle from God, beloved. We've got to learn how to apply the principles of the Word of God to our lives. And they didn't do what was necessary soon enough to discover these things, these truths and these principles of God's Word. And they didn't know Him. And as a result, they knew they were going to die. He knew they were going to die. And they died. They did not get their deliverance. See, sometimes... Matter of fact, how many of you heard of Smith Wigglesworth? A tremendous man of faith. Had over 20 individuals raised from the dead under his ministry. I mean, just a tremendous man of faith. He said himself that if you don't seek the Lord and if you don't develop your faith, there will come the time... It'll be too late. There won't be time for you to get the faith that you need because the problem will be too far advanced. Can you understand that? The problem is too far advanced. And as a result, you can't get things turned around in time. What I'm saying is this, beloved. We have to be programmed properly. And if we're not properly programmed, to get deprogrammed or reprogrammed in the process of time, if you wait too long, I'm saying, there's not time. That's why we should, each and every one of us, pursue God now. Now's the accepted time. Don't wait until a sickness comes on your body to say, Oh, what did he say about I better seek the Lord as my healer? Because it might be too late. Do you understand that? It's true. And so we want to see to it that we don't allow this to happen in our lives. Turn at his reproof. Listen to his counsel. Seek His face. As a matter of fact, let's go to a verse of Scripture that absolutely reinforces that. Isaiah 55 and verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Do you know that it, it, it is true that if a person rejects the Lord all of his life, in his later years of life, it becomes more difficult for that person to get saved? How many of you know that? If a person's heart is not receptive to the things of God, and if a person delays seeking the Lord as his Savior of his life, then down the road somewhere, later in life, it becomes more difficult because that heart becomes hardened and hardened more and more to the things of God. And as a result, they won't have the in them to seek the Lord while he may be found. Why does it say that? Because there's going to come a time that he won't be found by people. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. He is never far, but the idea is this. He is near in your consciousness. But as a result of the hardness of the heart, he becomes further from us only as becoming indistinct. And that hardness of the heart makes it appear as though he is further from us and further from us. You will know this to be true in your own life. You get yourself caught up in a sin. Don't do anything about it. And continue in it. Don't do anything about it. Continue in it. Don't do anything about it. You know it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier for you to stay in that sin. And it becomes harder for you to break that power of sin. Why? We become seared. That's why. And that spiritual fiber on the inside of us becomes weakened. And before you know it, you find yourself doing the same thing unconsciously and just doing it and not even being convicted by it. We can get caught up in, let's say, something such as gossip. And it's so easy to do that. That when you first heard about we shouldn't gossip and all that sort of thing, we were very alert if we ever did it. But then, you know, you can ignore that and ignore that and ignore that and ignore that. Before you know it, you're having gossip parties. We went from prayer meetings to gossip meetings. And have no thoughts about it being wrong. Why? Because we become seared. Seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Now, here's how. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let them return to the Lord. He'll have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now notice this. We said that the wicked does not have God in his thoughts or his ways. While there's still time for us, or for anyone, 
Seek the Lord. Get God in your thoughts. Get a hold of God's thoughts. Let there be a transfer. Your thoughts to God's thoughts. Let there be a change. We've got to seek the Lord by beginning to start thinking the way God thinks and doing things the way God wants us to do them. So seek Him while He is near. Call upon Him that He may be found of you. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain comes down from heaven and also the snow and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It will accomplish that which I please. It will prosper in the thing whereto I send it. And he sends that word to us so that we would know him. So that we would learn his thoughts and know his ways. And so call upon him while he is near. Seek him while he may be found. Some will not have God in their thoughts. Some will not have God's ways in their lives. You know, beloved, God's way of healing is not easy, an easy thing to do. When you first begin to make that transition. You know, you did it man's way for so long, then you try to do it God's way. You start making that transition, you find out you had more faith and confidence in man's way than you do in God's way at the beginning. This is not an easy process. Man has a way to bring deliverance to someone's life who is bound up by whatever. Well, God has a way also. See? And we can get so caught up in doing things man's way, to make that transition is not an easy thing to do. We can get so programmed in one way that we just shut God out of our ways and shut God out of our thoughts. And that's what he's talking about. While there is time, while it's early, before it's too late, he is saying. That's what he means by early. Seek the Lord before it's too late. Before our conscience is so seared. Before our hearts are so hardened. Seek to know Him before it's too late. Before you develop an attitude that, that says, it doesn't really matter how well I know Him. I'm satisfied with the knowledge that I have a God right now. See, before that happens, seek Him. And if we ever find ourselves in a place where we're so complacent with the knowledge we have of God, then let that be unto all of us a warning, an indicator. A danger signal. You know, beloved, every child of God should want to know Him better every day. And more and more every day. We should have the same attitude that the Apostle Paul says. As far as I'm concerned, all other things are but done. Compared to the excellency of knowing Him. Seek to know Him while He may be found. And you will not be disappointed. Look at the results. Look at Psalm 27. Psalm 27. In Psalm 27, I call this the seeking psalm, if I may. Let's just read the whole thing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Why could David say that? Because he saw him. And you'll see that. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me and yet my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Wow. That's pretty bold and confident, wouldn't you say? The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of, his, of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Notice, not to seek after things. But to know the beauty of my God, to inquire in the temple, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. How did he know that? Because he knew him. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, he shall set me upon a rock. So if there's trouble, I've got a, someone to help me. He's my refuge. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. How can he be so confident? Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Now notice this. Here's the key. When thou saidest, 
seek my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Are you seeing this? How could he be so confident in his God? Because when God said, while it's early, seek me. If you really want to know me, seek my face. Do so with all of your heart and you'll find me and you'll know that I will be all this to you. Now notice this. When he said, seek my face, his heart said unto him, my face will seek you. Or thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. See, he knew. Teach me thy way, O Lord. That's a whole lot different than saying, I'd rather do it my way, isn't it? And lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me. And such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David knew that because he sought the Lord. David knew because he waited on the Lord. David knew because his whole heart was in knowing him that God would not forsake him. God would not allow him to be destroyed or overcome by his enemies. David knew all this. How did he know it? He didn't see things. He sought the Lord. And as a result, he was tremendously blessed. Look at Psalm 14. Psalm 14. And verse 2. Did you know the Lord is looking over the banisters of heaven right now? How many of you know that? What's he looking for, you say? Well, in verse 1 it says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. You know, he's looking over heaven right now. You know, he's looking out upon the circle of the earth right now. He is looking upon the circle of the earth right now. What's he looking for? Someone saying, I know I can get that Cadillac. Someone saying, I can figure this thing out so I'll never have to work again. Is that who he's looking for? Who's he looking for? The one that's saying from his heart, God, I want to know you better. Father, I want to know your person. Jesus, I want to know you in your beauty. I want to know who you are. I want to know what you've done. I want to know how you did it. Because I long to fellowship with you. I want to know you as my Savior. I want to know you as my healer. I want to know you as my Redeemer. I want to know you as my Lord. I want to know you as my Shepherd. I want to know you as the Captain of my salvation. I want to know you, Jesus, as my faithful witness. I want to know your love for me. That's what he's looking for. And those attitudes that exist will not result in disappointment. I'll tell you what, you'll be blessed. You'll have revelation come to you like never before. You say, how do I do this? Well, look, in Daniel 9 and verse 3, well, let's turn there. Here is how God expects us to do this. Let's do it the way they did it. Because I believe God's... Never changing. His ways don't change. He's always the same. And as far as our pursuing Him and His ways, we shouldn't change. If these others did it, we can do it also. Amen? In Daniel chapter 9, in verse 3, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek. Now we have direction. To seek by Prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, 
the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments. Daniel knew how to seek the face of God. He sought the Lord through prayer, communion, fellowship, talking to Him. Talking to Him like you would anybody else. Setting aside time. Fasting means, and please make note of this, not just to give up food. If you give up food and don't spend time with God, you have not fasted. Was, was that clear? If we have not spent time with the Lord, it doesn't matter how many meals you've missed. You have not fasted. The whole purpose of not eating is to take the time that you would be eating and getting in your prayer closet and seeking the Lord. Can you see that? So this is important to know. What he is saying here, I spent time to talk things over with God. I sought the Lord. I let Him know. I know that we've sinned. I know that we've done wrong. I know that we've missed the mark. I know that's why we're in bondage. I know that's why we're in captivity, Lord. But you know what, Lord? I'm tired of this captivity. I'm tired of this bondage. I don't want it to be this way any longer. I discovered in your word that you said we should be a free people. And so, Lord, I'm coming to seek your face. It doesn't matter who else I go to. It doesn't matter what they say. I want to know what you have to say about this. And I'm serious, and I mean business. What's God doing looking over the banisters of heaven? Who's he looking for? He's looking for the one who says, I want to know you. I want your thoughts. I want your ways. I want your purposes. I want your plans. Can you see that? And God's accommodating then, isn't he? Daniel sought the Lord through prayer and fasting. This verse, just write it down because I believe as I quote it, you'll know it. It says in Second Chronicles 7 and 14, If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. What do you say about the prideful man? This prideful man does not have God in his thoughts or ways. But if this child of God would humble himself and pray and seek, what? His blessings? No. Seek his face. In other words, I've come to seek you, your face, your ways, your thoughts, your ideas. I want to be properly programmed with the way you would have me to do things with my life. If we'll seek his face, he would in turn from doing it our way, which is the wicked way, man's way. He said, I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive any sin, and what would it do to our land? He would heal our land. Quickly, Psalm 69. He would heal our land. Well, I'll tell you something else, beloved. I'll show you what it'll do to your heart. Look at Psalm 69. Psalm 69, verse 32 says, The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart, Your heart shall live. Your heart shall revive. Your heart shall be made alive. Where's your heart at right now, beloved? Our heart can become despondent. In heart, we can become full of dismay. And we can be discouraged because of all the difficulties in life. But you know what? The heart of the one who seeks the Lord will what? Will live. It'll be revived. It'll be made alive. Life will be imparted to it. If we'll turn to seek the face of God, He said, your heart will live. And beloved, when your heart lives, out of it will flow the issues of life. In other words, it'll result in blessing. Two more verses and we'll close. Psalm 22, 25. Psalm 22 and verse 25. We seek the Lord. We seek His face. Our thoughts become agreeable to His will. Our plans are established and succeed. He becomes our refuge. Our heart will live. Verse 25, My praise shall be of thee in the the great congregation. I will pay my vow. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart 
I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.